Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason as well. Bet Online is your number one destination for all sports wagering info with up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet Online is the top spot for everything under pro and amateur sports and not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played from MMA to international soccer. So head to bet online today and remember to use our promo code believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is B L E A V bet online where the game starts or Eagle everyone. Welcome back to believe in everything. Auburn Taylor Davis, Jason Campbell. Hope you've had a great week. What the hell was that? We don't know either, and we're here to talk about it, but briefly, because uh, I don't really know that there's a ton to be said about that, but after we get through that pain, it's Iron Bowl week, and regardless what happened this past week, we all know how uh, important the Iron Bowl is and how big the the matchup is every single year, so we're going to preview it, and we'll also talk about a few things that have happened around college football as of late, as we are getting very, very close to finding out who's going to be uh, pursuing that national championship, who will end up in the playoff, and there is still potential for some chaos to ensue. So welcome in, everybody. Glad you've joined us. But, Jay, let's rip the Band-Aid. Let's get it done because, quite frankly, I don't want to relive this very much. But the Tigers lost to New Mexico State at home, and it was the first time that a New Mexico State team had beaten an SEC team ever in their history, let alone at Jordan-Hare, a place that has been incredibly difficult for the best of teams in the nation. So it was shocking, to say the least. I think the entire college football world was very surprised by this one. I will give credit to New Mexico State, as I did last week on this episode. They are a good team. They are well-coached. Jerry Kill knows what he's doing, and he had his guys so fired up from start to finish. But this was more about what Auburn did not do because while the effort and and the attention to detail was certainly there for the Aggies, the caliber of athletes that you're getting at these respective programs are different. So it was very evident that one team came to play and unfortunately the other didn't. So let's just kind of talk holistically here about what the heck went wrong because looking at this season – from beginning to week 12, there wasn't an expectation that that was going to be our loss. Ooh, Taylor, I can see your expression that uh, this game has still weighing on you a little bit and it has not, not, begun, <laughs> not begun a new week just yet for you. But <laughs> this was a tough pill to swallow, you know, even as a mm-hmm. former alumni and uh, someone that is part of the program, uh, we had so much momentum going our way. And when you got that kind of momentum going your way and you got the biggest game on the schedule coming in the following week, you got to make sure that you take care of business first. And then you can get to that week with a lot of momentum going into it. And it just felt like when you lose that, when when we lost that game, that it was just extremely hard because now it's like, okay, how are we going to respond? How, how do, what do the fans expect now? You know, 
is this team mentally prepared enough to put a game like that behind them and still right. come out here this week and play their hearts out, put their butts off, and try to quickly move on from last week? That's mm-hmm. the that's the big question, and that and no one knows that answer until kickoff comes on Saturday and we feel like, and everyone see how this team goes out and perform. Now the the other thing is, yeah, New Mexico State is a good football team, Conference USA everything but with that being said there's still no reason they should beat a team like auburn in a program like auburn like we still should win that game was it a sandwich game yeah it could be called a sandwich game you know just because it's caught up between you coming off a big win against arkansas and then you kind of looking ahead to the big game against alabama you kind of right in your head got it locked in as hey we lost four in a row now we just won four in a row you know now we're moving forward and everything and then all of a sudden, it's like, dang, we didn't win four in a row. We lost to the game that we wasn't supposed to lose when you look at the calendar. And yeah. I think mentally, that's the hard aspect of it to, to grasp is what caused that? You know, yeah. like, you know, honestly, I, 50% of me say, yeah, we probably were looking ahead. But then when I started to read the reports that our practices on Wednesday and Thursday was not good. Then that mm-hmm. told me everything I needed to know. That means the focus wasn't where it needed to be in order to win that game. Because I don't care if New Mexico State has got a conference championship game in two weeks. They're going to a bowl game already. To them, mm-hmm. this was their this was their big bowl. This was their big this game they played against Auburn was bigger than than the bowl game they're playing. And it is embarrassing. It's embarrassing it is. in every aspect, form, no matter how you swing it, cut it up, dice it. It's embarrassing. <laughs> and and we got to find a way to now. The only thing that can – you can't really make up from it. You just got to learn from it. But the only thing that can happen now is how do we get momentum this weekend to have a chance to go out there and win this game on Saturday and put that behind everybody and give the recruits to something to say, hey, we're still trending in the right direction. Even though it was a setback last week, we're still trending in the right direction. And you have a chance to come in here and compete and be a player next year that can help this team. 100%. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just a loss, unfortunately. It was a very convincing loss, 31 to 10. This this never really felt like much of a fight. And, and a lot of it, I give credit to New Mexico State. They're very methodical on offense. They churn every bit of the clock. I don't know what the final time of possession difference was, but in the first half, Auburn had 15 plays on offense. We never or rarely had the ball, and when we did, we weren't effective. And conversely, they had the ball all the time, and they can do that because they convert with such rhythm. There's no risk in running down the clock for them because they had such chemistry offensively. It was wild to watch the contrast of how he and his receivers, it was just like, lock for them and so then they take their time running down the play clock and they don't give you an opportunity to do anything and then we get the ball already in kind of a panic because our backs are against the wall with the time thing and we haven't developed that offensive rhythm the little bit that we saw against Arkansas in somehow in a week's time gone I I, I don't understand and look their defense 
their defense made it difficult for us. Somehow our offensive line reverted back several weeks. Peyton was under duress a lot, but but their defensive front was was scrappy. They were beating us off the ball almost every snap. And then when they had the ball, it was like you just knew they were going to convert that big fourth down there at the end. Like it just it was it was a wild difference. Throw in a, a fake punt that was successful, which Hugh Freeze said they were talking about the potential of, and somehow still happened. Um, but we were outgained offensively 414 yards to 213. I, I mean, like it was, we were beat in every dimension of the game. It, it was, it was very strange to see. And I, I will say not because I will ever throw Auburn under the bus. Y'all know I am loyal through and through, but as a sideline reporter who was on this game, the differences in energy were palpable. I was on both sidelines. New Mexico State was juiced the entire time. Third quarter in this game, there were guys on Auburn's bench, like, kicking back laughing. And I was very perplexed because how do you not feel the urgency? And that's what Hugh told me at halftime. I was like, what the heck did you just go tell them at half? Like, what do you say in this? And he was like, that no one seems to care. No one seems to care that we're losing to New Mexico State. They they feel invincible, and they're not playing with urgency. And against this team, that's going to get you an L. And it didn't resonate. I, I saw it in the second half. There were very few guys that were going up and down the sideline trying to get energy going. And I told you that in the first game I covered. I don't really see that alpha presence. I don't see that guy that is noticing that something's off and is trying to galvanize the guys. I don't think we have it, honestly. And and it was very strange to me that I think there was just this mentality of like a perception issue that they just really believed Auburn's not going to lose to New Mexico State. We may be down right now, but someone's going to figure this out. And everybody was just kind of like the Spider-Man meme, like pointing at someone's going to fix this for us. When you're in situations like this, one individual isn't going to fix it for you. The only way that this stuff gets fixed is if you all decide to do it as a team. Yeah, I'm talking about a lot of it is. You got to throw in a lot of different parameters when you think about it. What on the inside of you drives you to want to be be better, you know, like want to get up and do something about it, you know, not be comfortable with being down, not be comfortable with averaging five to six wins over the last four years that this program has averaged. You know, we're a way better program than that. You know, we was one considered one of the top fifth, top 10 programs. And these last three to four years is just, we've haven't had a winning record pretty much. And it's been exactly hard to do that type of stuff with this, the whole thing going, cause you don't know what a person's insides are. You know, like, I wish I could tell you that every player is all in. I wish I could tell you that every coach across America is all in. But how do we know that? You know, like, you don't. You just don't until the only way is I can only see what's on the outside. And what I'm seeing on the outside and what I'm getting is going to tell me what I need to know. You know what I'm saying? So in order for us to to get better from that aspect, I, I think from a recruiting standpoint, we have to focus more on kids from the southeastern area. And the only reason I mean by that is I I think nationally, you know, yes, we can recruit a lot of people, but a lot of kids need to know more about your program. You know, they need to know more about what it's like to play football 
you know, in this type of atmosphere and what it means to people, you know, like it's not something that we just do like this means something to us. And um, from a competitive standpoint. So I think focusing there, um, I think understanding like accountability to one another, you know, like being accountable. I think a lot of times nowadays coaches are in a hard spot because sometimes they like I want to coach this kid hard, but how hard? You know, how do I know he's not going to try to leave and transfer on me because he feels like I'm being too hard on him? One thing I do know from experience, great players like to be coached hard because if you let a kid just get by because you think you're trying to get this kid to just like you or you're trying to get this kid to just and you feel like me being easy on him is going to help him, then honestly, you're hurting him because probably his whole life, everybody's been trying to tell him how good he is because in high school, he probably was way better than everybody he played against, you know, or or just more talented. So then the more that you continue to say to him how good he is and you let him get by with some things and you know he need to be coached hard on that because you can't let him get by with every little thing because they've been getting by with it because they're more talented than a lot of times when kids in high school where now you can't get away with those little things. You got to be coached hard on those things. And if you don't like it, then get out, you know, but if you like it, then you're going to be a better player and you're going to have an opportunity to do all the things you want to do. They got to know that, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I think moving forward, that's the aspect. It has to be around college football as a whole. And that's what yeah. I'm seeing as a former player. And as a person that's part of things, this is, that's what I see. And that's what I, and, and, and until those things start to change and start to understand, I got to believe enough to say, Hey, I'm going to coach you hard enough. You're going to stick. If you're going to leave, then, hey, leave. Yeah. I mean, that's something that we've talked about. You know, you can have all the talent in the world, but the mental fortitude and the true motivation to play this game still has to be rooted in the same things that were there before all of these added privileges got thrown into college football I mean I saw a quote from Bruce Pearl the other day where he said I'm not trying to date them I'm trying to coach them like why are we we're trying to create this like perfect scenario to appease these kids instead of just keeping the forefront of I'm trying to make you a better player so that this team can win games like that it's getting lost in translation and if there's a week to turn it around, you're going to have to do it this week because the Iron Bowl is our biggest game every year. It comes with so much magnitude. But this year in particular, we're coming off a program deflating loss. And honestly, at this point, I feel like Alabama is peaking. So we're probably getting them at their best. And it will be a true showcase of response and character from this Auburn team. Since the Iron Bowl has been on campuses of Alabama and Auburn, Auburn leads the series 17 to 13. Now, Bama leads the overall series total right now. You know, last couple of years, we've had a couple right. losses in a row, three in a row. Uh, but since, uh, but from campus to campus, we hold, we hold the upper hand. Now, Auburn fans are going to show up anyways this game. Mm -hmm. They're going to show up. They're going to be there supporting. They've gone through so much the last four years that they're going to still be there because they're still hanging on to that glimpse of hope. And that glimpse of hope <laughs> came over those last previous three weeks. And then all of a sudden we I can't know. let one one week just unravel all of it. And I and I get it, you know, uh, from the aspect of 
you know, it's just who you lost to matters the most, I think, at the end of the day. Had we lost to Arkansas, yeah. people be understanding a little bit. But to New Mexico State, people can't they can't fathom that. Wrap one. your head around. Yeah. But this game here, as Auburn, you got to come out early in this ball game and do something energetic to get this crowd behind you early in this ball game. Like mm-hmm. if we win the toss, I want us to receive because I don't mm-hmm. want us to, I don't want us to give Alabama an opportunity to go down and score, and all Early. of a sudden seven yeah. zero, and then you look up and it's like, oh snap, here we go again. You know, now we're in chase mode. We don't do well in chase point. mode. You know, <laughs> we don't, we just don't do well in chase mode this year. So I would like if we do win the toss, take the ball, let us try to get points first, and then let Bama know like, oh. We're in for a dog fight because for them, this could be a sandwich game between the SEC championship next week when they play true. Georgia. So they could, be caught, they could be caught looking ahead. So we right. need to try to get points first in this ball game. I like that. You know, I saw a, a clip on social media that the team put out this morning of, of Coach Freeze addressing the team and saying, this is one of the greatest rivalries in all of college football. And regardless of how the season has played out, and certainly regardless of last week, you get the opportunity, you get the privilege of playing in one of the greatest rivalries in all of college football. Like you have to have a true appreciation for what you're getting to do. And it can't be result driven. You can't only be grateful on the week of Thanksgiving. Let's talk about gratitude. You can't only be grateful to play in this if you get your spotlight or if you get your NIL money or if you get all the praise on SportsCenter. You have to be grateful that you get to play in one of the greatest rivalries in a sport that you all claim you love. This one still could be compelling. I'm not living with my head in the clouds. I Like I said, Alabama is peaking right now. Honestly, them and Oregon are two teams that I would not want to play right now as far as competitive level and how well they're executing. I think they are playing at the highest level right now. So it is going to be incredibly tough, but I do think that that's the only way that you flip the script. And that's the only way that you stop the bleeding because you do have a lot of recruits that are still sitting here watching all of this. You can write the ship. You can comfort a lot of concerns just by the nature in which you take the field. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. this week. But as far as Alabama goes, I mean, it is very evident that Milrow is a dang good quarterback. And whatever doubt there was at the beginning of the season has certainly been silenced with his play as of late. He is big. He is physical. He is tough to bring down. And he has become way more accurate in his passing, but also his game reads and his decision making. He is the guy that Clearly, Coach Saban knew he could be by continuing to go with him, even when doubt arose. Um, so talk me through a little bit about what you've noticed about this Alabama team and where they're going to stress us the most. Yeah, you make a lot of great points. Uh, when you talk about uh, just from an aspect of this football team, 
getting over the eyes and turning to weeds. I said at the beginning of the year, the teams that are best able to handle all the transition that goes on, like an NFL program now, right? Be the teams that be successful. Yeah, Nick Saban coached in the NFL, even though it was a short stint. He had to deal with guys that made money. He had to deal with guys that, you know, free agency come, they they left, or he had to sign guys in free agency. That's college football now, you know. So he he understands that when you talk about a guy like Kirby, you know, what George is doing, they're stacking up recruits. So if you don't want to do what you want to do, then we're on to the nets. You know, so until Arbor can get to that point, but how do you get to that point? Winning. You know, it you gotta win. Winning is what draws these kids to your program. That's why we got momentum in the recruiting thing over the last couple of weeks because they start to see Auburn win and they start to see the things that they wanted to see, the program trending in the right direction. Now, what you can't get hung up on if you're a recruit is, oh, man, they lost to New Mexico State. I'm out. No, you can't do that. Like, at the end of the day, when I chose to come to Auburn, Ronnie and all us in our signing class, Auburn finished five and seven the year before us, the year that we decided to come to Auburn. We decided to come to Auburn because we saw it as a great program and we felt like we know the history of the program, you know, yeah. and we know what Auburn is, where it's supposed to be and how it is. So when we got here, we was determined to have a winning season and go and compete for a championship. And yeah. we wanted to be a group that was stationed as one of the groups that came through to help get things back on the right track. Now, if you're a high school guy now coming out, you got to see it the same way. Don't look at totally. what it is right now. Like you got to look at it like who I'm coming in with, how are we going to get this thing back on the right track? And when you do get it back on the right track, you become legendary. You know, exactly. so those type of things are the things you have to be looking at. Too many people get caught into the aspect of what's hot right now. I want to <laughs> go at what's hot. You know, totally. You you can't do that, you know, and I think right now from the Auburn program, yes, you know, you know, if we can win this game, you're seven and five. And then if you go win a bowl game, you're eight and five. That does a lot of difference in everything. Um, I remember in 03, we went to the Iron Bowl six and five and we ended up winning that bowl game. I mean, winning that game and then winning our bowl game. And that was the start of us winning 15 straight was the Iron Bowl. You know, for the next 15 games, we won all 15 games, but it started the Iron Bowl week. Yeah. You know, so and we had some tough losses that year that we could have won. came down to the end. I was just like, so it's just things you learn during a down process. If you want to call it a down process, I just call it during a transition process. It's things mm -hmm. that you learn during a transition process that can help you the next year and the year after that when it comes to getting your team going in the right direction. Then for all right. going to the Iron Bowl week, Bama going to come in and they're going to see what you like early in this ball game. They're going to test you in every way. They're going to see, have you checked out on the season? Are you just looking to move on and find out what bowl game y'all playing in and moving on? Or are you came to play today? So they're going to throw the kitchen sink at us early. And Mill Rose yep. is a guy that's very involved in the run game. I told you last week that the kid, um, hey, Pavia, would get us prepared for Mill Rose. And Pavia didn't even run that much last week because his hamstring was hurt. Yeah. But – Mill Rose is throwing the ball good from the pocket, but as soon as he see pass rush get upfield, my thing for Auburn defense this year: don't rush the sack, rush to contain. That means mm. don't don't run up, don't run up field and allow him to come underneath and he scrambles out yeah. for 15, 20 yards. You may totally. not get a lot of sacks this game. Force him to stay in the pocket, have to throw the ball within the pocket, and not let him get comfortable. 
Yeah, honestly, sacks really haven't been our MO all season anyway, so this isn't the game to try and rack up that number because then he'll hurt you on the outside. You're absolutely right, and uh, it will be very interesting to see the kind of response. I feel like losses like that could either serve as an eye-opener and a a wake-up of sorts, or the wheels fall off. And ultimately, I think that's an indicator of guys that probably don't intend to stay here in the offseason anyway. And and that certainly becomes uh, very evident in games like that. Alabama has everything in front of them with some chaos in, in other matchups and games that will be this weekend and the weekend after. Obviously, their opportunity looms in the SEC championship if they can pull off a win against Georgia. I believe a convincing win after winning the Iron Bowl will put them in the playoff because that will be probably the best win anyone has had in two years. So I don't really see how a committee argues that. So everything is still in front of them. You know, that one loss to Texas doesn't necessarily knock them out of the conversation. And the brutal, brutal injury that happened to Jordan Travis this past weekend, which was just heartbreaking. Like that is a kid that has had quite the story and you just absolutely, as a human being, you hate to see a career in like that with everything that's still in front of them. And the sad reality is that very much could affect Florida State's run, even though they have taken care of business. Louisville in the ACC championship is going to be tough. And without Jordan, it'll be interesting to see how this team responds. And so there is still chaos pending. And Alabama very much could write their story to still see themselves in the college football playoffs. So they will be juiced, no questions about it. And I certainly think that that they have found a bit more of an offensive identity than they had at the beginning of the season. I, I really think for this team this weekend is, especially for our defense, our defense, let's be honest, has had an outstanding year except for LSU and New Mexico State. All the other games they played really, really good in. So I, can't I would that like sentence them, is true. Yeah. I would like them to come out and like really, really showcase the defense that they really truly are. Uh, yeah, this agreed. Uh, offensively, we started to take some strides, but I'm also going to be honest. We played some bad, really, some bad defenses in Mississippi State, Arkansas, agreed. Uh, Vanderbilt. You know, even though Arkansas was ranked fifth at the time at SEC defensively when we played them, like they did not show up that day. No, and and we just and. You know, and a lot of it is we got to get credit to our guys, too. They they really showed up and played extremely well that day. They Mississippi did. State had, Mississippi State had two really good linebackers, but other than that, we knew their passing defense was horrible. Yeah. You know, uh, Vanderbilt, let's just be honest, it's Vanderbilt. It's you know Vanderbilt. We did, we, did, we did what we were expect to do. So, yeah. that being said, this is our next real task of a team with a winning record. If we can play that style of defense and we can get back to running the football, we couldn't run the football last week at all. We had what, 60 some yards rushing. So if we can get back to averaging those 207 yards rushing that we did for the season. I don't expect us to rush for 200 on them, but hey, we could. We did it last year down there yeah. in Tuscaloosa. We rushed for a lot of mm-hmm. yards. So we possibly could come out here and rush the ball really well. But I think that's where the game is going to be won for us is in the trenches. Can we rush the football yeah. and can we stop the run? And the reason I say that is because, yeah, they, they have their passing attempts and all that, but us stopping their run and us blocking to open up run game is what's going to win the game. If we can't do that, then this can, it can be a, it can be a trouble. 
yeah, this game could get ugly really quickly. So a lot of it is going to have to do with the mental response of this team. And and I feel like we're beating a dead horse with that. But it's very true on the heels of uh, one of the worst losses in history. So there's that. Um, but anyway, look, we've all seen the stats on Twitter also about some very ugly, unexpected first-year losses, Nick Saban being one of them. He lost to UL Monroe in his first year. It doesn't mean that we're still not on the right path. So I don't think anyone should be hitting the panic button. Maybe the I need therapy button, but not the panic button. I don't think people hit the panic button. You know, it's one of those things where you think you're you think you passed a, a, a point in your life where you feel like, oh, man, things are trending upward. And then all of yeah. a sudden, you had that one moment again that kind of lets you realize, like, nope, still the same. Nope, like, still it's like, it's there. Like, it's like a person. It's like, okay, it's like you with this person or whatever, and you want to believe the best in this person. And you start yes. to see progress, and you just believe in what you're seeing, and you just get wrapped up into this person. And then all of a sudden, that person just do something that just takes you right back. Yes, that's <laughs> true. Right Auburn is like all of my exes. You're absolutely right. What a good comparison. And we are so ready for them to be the right match, you know? You're right. And that's that's the hurt <laughs> part of this is everyone thought, you know, and we just got to be We patient. were a changed we gotta, person. Yeah, we got to be a little bit more patient and just realize yeah. because it's not so much this staff and this group of players. It's so much what's happened the last three years. Yeah. And everybody's ready to turn a corner. <laughs> and when you thought you turned the corner and you said breath of fresh air, then it just really opens his head again. It's like, dang it. Yeah. We still got to work on this. We still got to work on that. It's just not yeah. there anymore. I agree. Wow. The perfect analogy to wrap this one up. I love that. Who is your Heisman favorite right now? That's a great one. Oh, man. Some big games this week that made the tournament. I know. Agreed. Um, Bo is doing some outstanding things. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Now, defenses and opponents they're playing is not the same level, but you can't take away what he's doing. Um mm-hmm. But my guy right now, I, you know, how can you not put Jaden Daniels as the Heisman guy? You know, I like, think it's those two. Yeah, it's gonna come down between those two. Maybe Michael Penix may have a shot in there. Depends on how these next couple of games go because he's had some real competition games these last couple of weeks and yeah. and everything. So his stats is not gonna look as good as those guys' stats are. Where last week I thought, you know, both teams played teams that they supposed to beat up on. Which, yeah. you know, Jaden and both stats are going to be through the roof. But if you just think about, to me, it just comes down to this. If you take Jaden Daniels off LSU's team, what's their record? Totally. You know, just because this guy's rushing for 150, throwing for 300 plus <laughs> a game. Like, and he ain't like he's just doing it against Georgia State. He did it against some good teams. Ole Miss, he did it against Bama. He did it against Auburn defense. Sure. When we was playing, we've been playing really good. You know, he's done it against some really good, talented teams. And the things that he's doing is just, like, when I look at all the other guys that have won the Heisman, his numbers is better than theirs that have lost three games. Yeah. And, uh, and I think when you look at Bo and the conference that they're in, if you take Bo off the team, instead of them being what are nine and one, instead of them being nine and one, they're probably seven, you no know, seven and three still, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, like I think Bo has a chance to win it based off these next two weeks. 
They play Oregon State. Yeah. Supposed to be a really good team. They play in Oregon State. And then more than likely they're going to play Washington again. So if he's mm-hmm. able to have two big games mm-hmm. against Oregon State and Washington, then he puts himself in a position to have a chance to win it. Uh, yeah. Jaden Dan- Daniels, this is his last week. He doesn't have an SEC championship game. He doesn't have any playoff games. More than likely yeah. he probably won't play in a bowl game. Who knows? Uh, so he, this so is true. it for him this week against AM, whose coach got fired, you know, but they still got the same defensive people. So for him, this is his week to either win it or or step aside. So there's so That's much that can transition. Point. And Michael Penix has this week and next week to win it. Because he got this right. game and the championship game. So it's gonna come down to these next two weeks. I really think the best player in college football is Marvin Harrison Jr. But he okay. doesn't have he doesn't have CJ Stroud giving in the ball. I know. You know. I know. You look at those guys at LSU, those two receivers. Oh my goodness. Like what an improv gonna win the Belikov Award. So we'll see what happens there. But Really good games this weekend, Taylor. Uh, Oregon, Oregon State, Alabama, Auburn, Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, I'm missing one more big one, but just give it me. Who's your pick of those three? Well, you can't say Auburn, Alabama. We already know. Yeah. Other two. Um. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Ohio State-Michigan is one of the biggest games of the year because they both sit in the top four, and honestly, playoff implications are at the absolute forefront of this game. And there's so much hype around it, obviously, given uh, what all has gone on with Michigan and some of the controversy surrounding them and all of that. I This one's going to be a very good game. I I think I'm I think I'm going to go with Ohio State, though. The free Harbaugh t-shirts last week were... Hilarious. Bye, Jay. <laughs> it was good talking to you. Yeah. Well, now this is a solo podcast. Ohio State. Oh, my goodness. I'm going Buckeyes. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I'm going to have to beg to differ on that one. I'm going to tell you why I'm okay. going to on that one. Everyone loves, well, not loves, most people like drama. It seems like when you're doing good things, no one want to talk about who's doing the good things and everything, which right. is what we should talk about, you know, because that's encouraging. Yeah. But everyone likes to find, think about it. Your best show that you like to watch on Netflix or Prime or anything has drama, right? Totally. So when there's drama going on around the programs, everyone wants to enact to drama. You know, no mm-hmm. one talked about Auburn mostly all season to last week. We lost in New Mexico State. Then every ESPN, every network is just talking about Auburn. You know, not in the way we want them to talk about Auburn, in a different way. So, yeah. Harbaugh is being linked to NFL teams. Harbaugh has been linked to so much stuff went on in Michigan. All of a sudden, everybody got quiet because everyone found mm-hmm. out that there's more to the story than what it was. Mm-hmm. Linebacker coach gets fired. So it's deeper roots there. So I think this team is going to rally behind all the chaos that's been happening. And the players don't want to lose this game. For sure. And then Harbaugh be back for the Big Ten championship. That's my only reason I say Michigan, just because when your bats is against the wall, that seems to be when people come together the most. And I think for Michigan, this is what's driving this football team right now. That's fair. Michigan is a three and a half point favorite over Ohio State right now. Um, Obviously, that could move by the time that we get there. But look, I'm sure this will be a very close game and it is going to be intense. I don't know why I just I I believe Ohio State's the better team and I, I think they will find a way to pull off a big one. And 
it can be called drama. And in this particular situation, it certainly is. But drama also equals noise. And sometimes noise gets the best of teams because they're a bit distracted. They're a bit too caught up in that and having something to prove and something to get after people about instead of just focusing on your execution. And so sometimes it can actually catch you slipping. So I won't be surprised either result of this one, but I I do believe top to bottom Ohio State is a better team. And I don't know why I just feel like they're going to pull this one off and it will be huge. But Oregon, Oregon State, I'm also going with Oregon. I've been running with Oregon all season. I think that they are a better team than Washington. And I think that that Pac-12 championship is going to set up to be one heck of a rematch for those two. Um, and I think Oregon gets it done knowing that they absolutely have to. Yeah, that's a tough one. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, just because it's a Friday night game. I know Oregon State is uh, a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. You know, they took Washington Cold right Alice. Yeah, took Washington right to the end. But I think Oregon has so much to play for. You know, I, I think that's what's going to propel them in this game. It's yeah. the fact that they know this is a game they can't afford to lose. Right. So this can also be a sandwich game for them, which I don't think it will be because they yeah. know they got Washington coming up next week, but this is a big rivalry game, and they know they need this ball game in order yeah. to, to get to where they want to go. So I'm going to exactly. go with you. say Oregon by a field goal. The other one that I – doesn't have necessary implications down the road, but is more compelling right now than it would have been a month ago is Clemson, South Carolina. Both teams have kind of figured something out in the last few weeks. And South Carolina was just depleted. Their entire offensive line has been injured. They have been down their best wide receiver all season. Well, I don't know if you can say best because Xavier would get that dude is holy cow. He's freaking good. Um, But they beat Kentucky convincingly this past week. They obviously beat Vanderbilt and they beat Jacksonville State the week before. And if they won all of their November games, which are all four of them at home, they will become bowl eligible. And they would have had to win four straight after a disappointing start to season, only winning two with one of the best quarterbacks that have put together a game in the SEC or a season in the SEC this year in Spencer Rattler. But Clemson comes to town, and they've been juiced the last couple of weeks, too. So now, all of a sudden, this rivalry matchup is actually two teams that have put together a good past few weeks and South Carolina fighting to be bowl eligible. This one's suddenly more compelling than it would have been a month ago. I I happen to agree with you. It is compelling because, let's be credit, you know, Dabo's name is probably out there for some of these other jobs as well. It is. Who knows if he's going to stay or if he's going to transition to somewhere new. Uh I, I still got to go with Clemson in this game. I, I just do. I, I think, do. Uh, you know, when it comes down to it, I think and they're still the team to beat in that state. And I just I just mm-hmm. think Clemson, Dabo is not trying to let down. Ever since that rant he's gone on, they've been a different <laughs> football team. And, it, they really have. Uh, and my, sleepers, my sleeper this week of upset is Florida over Florida State. Uh, I just, Ooh. you know, just the fact that they lost their quarterback. He's a tremendous, like, people think you just lose a player. No, you lost your leader. They you lost, lost the pillar of that team. That's experience. And you can't yeah. tell me that it doesn't bother the guys. They're going to rally as much as they can. But the only thing that may help them in this game is that uh, Grant Mertz is, now, is out for uh, Florida. Yeah. This, now, that may help Florida State. But I still think this game, being in the swamp, is going to be a dangerous game for Florida State. Well, and Florida lost 
to Missouri last week by a field goal as time ran out. And a lot of it was because a Florida player ran out of bounds so the clock stopped instead of just getting down in bounds so that they would have run out. I mean, they had that game. They had it won. And Missouri's put together a great season. So they had a very deflating loss. And and how does that affect them? Do they go into this one with something to prove and they they absolutely are chomping at the bit to get one more? Or do they kind of fall apart and they're pissed off and frustrated with the way things have gone in Gainesville? I'm not entirely sure. But both teams with a lot of question marks associated with them, how did they respond to major controversy out of, or not controversy, but major disappointment out of this past week for Florida, the Missouri loss, and for Florida State losing Jordan Travis. So that one will be interesting too. It sets up to be a huge weekend in, in the landscape of college football and then conference titles will be determined the week after. So we will see how all of it shapes up and and certainly how things go in Jordan Hare. I'm hopeful that the guys respond appropriately and uh, that we can we can put a product that we're all proud of because that was not the case this past Saturday. But that is going to do it for us because I have eight percent left on my battery, or else. But real quickly, favorite Thanksgiving side, go. Oh man, you threw that on me so quick. Favorite Thanksgiving side is I. Gosh, I can't even uh, dressing. Oh man, see that's the one thing I don't eat. Uh, mine is corn casserole. Gwen makes the best corn casserole ever. So I'm so excited to eat my weight in food on Thursday. As I say every year, incredibly thankful for you, Jay. I got so lucky getting a co-host and a friend like you, and I'm thankful for you always. I'm thankful for Auburn and everything that it has given me and my health and my God and everything that I have. So I hope everyone uh, stays rooted in those thoughts and those things this week and every week because uh, at the end of the day, this is a game, folks, and we're lucky enough to get to do what we love. So uh, with that, we will say goodbye. Yep. Goodbye, everybody. And thankful. And like I said, Taylor, same back at you. Uh, favorite side, I would probably go with sweet potato oh, casserole. We're still on I the had to think about it. <laughs> we had to redo it. it. Yeah, I had to get <laughs> sweet potato casserole. You know, I just had to go back. If he didn't say it, he probably would have texted me and been like, actually, it's sweet potato casserole. Gracious alive, Jay. Well, everyone have a fantastic Thanksgiving and a great week. Enjoy the Iron Bowl and come on back next week so we can recap all of it. Until then, we're Eagle. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.